Hello, buddies, fellow Franco fans. I have returned. This is the Franco Observer Podcast with your host, Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group headed by yours truly. And if you follow the podcast, you know I have been away for the past month. In that meantime, I have... um, filmed a short film called The Amityville Killer for the Amityville Aliens film produced by Donald Farmer. And um, as of this recording, I am 200 days clean and sober. Thank you for that. Uh, if anybody needs, uh, if anybody's going through anything with drugs or alcohol and you need to talk to somebody or something, please feel free to message me. I'm always around. And uh, I just got back from Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion. It's like my seventh or eighth one. Cauliflower Alley Club is a great nonprofit organization that I um, wholeheartedly support. I've been going for the since about uh, 2017, 16, somewhere around there. And um, it's a really great organization. They take care of uh, fallen wrestlers, people that are going through hardships with uh, home, with their health, with uh, monetary matters. And they help them out and raise money and uh, pay off a lot of things that people are going down for. Uh, We get together every year for a awards banquet and dinner, and we buy tickets and give awards and... uh, meet with fellow past and current wrestling performers, superstars, wrestlers, all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's always a fun time. Uh, It's always on my calendar every year. I like to go every year. Um, And it's a good getaway. Um, And uh, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, CM Punk was there. And as of this recording, he was just fired today from All Elite Wrestling. So um, I got to get talk to him, get some pictures with him, so that was really cool. You'll never know um, if you don't go what you're missing out on, so yeah. I always tell everybody to try to make it every time. So that's on that part. Um, Let's see what else was happening last month. Um, Like I said, I've been shooting that film, got that down, which was uh, about a five-day shoot, four or five-day shoot, still got to do a couple more little pickup shots and stuff. And I've uh, been editing some on that. It's looking good. I like the shots we got and what we got done. Uh, had a good cast and crew. And um, had a lot of great performers. Um, Rachel Young did really great. Um, and uh, we had um, a lot of a lot of animals and was really great as the uh, killer. And we had some great uh, people that were victims. And uh, had a good performance by... Jessica Dardarian as the astronomer and uh, Woody and Floppy and everybody did really good so I'm really happy with everybody's performances and what we did on that so um, yeah so that was that on that uh, we got about I think about eight episodes left of this Franco Observer podcast um, I really enjoyed my time away so but I wanted to get back and wrap this up because like I said we only got about eight episodes left and then after that who knows um I like doing a podcast. I like the dedication, the discipline to keep this going. But on the other hand, too, um, this doesn't pay anything, and I don't really get donations. So uh, it's just a labor of love. And um, a lot of these later Franco films are kind of a chore to get through. So, you know, 
Um, like I said before, it's like a relationship. It starts off really good, and in the end, you're just like looking for reasons to continue. So, but my reasons to finish this off. So we'll see how it goes. And when these eight episodes are done, I'm not sure if I'm going to do um, a different podcast or if I'm just going to take a break and start over. So we'll see. So today we are reviewing episode 153, film 169, Broken Dolls. Uh, it's a USA 1999 production, alternative titles, Munacas Rotas, Spanish video DVD. Production company is the dreaded one-shot productions of USA. Uh, video DVD distributor is Subrosa Studios. Timeline shooting date on this is October 1999. Came out on US Subrosa Blue 2004 uh, DVD, March, 20, March 30th, 2004. Uh, running time, um, 83 minutes on the art video DVD, and the, that's the Russian and the Spanish was 89 minutes, 18 seconds. Um, I, w- I watched the Spanish version uh, release, so. All right, well, we know who the director of this is, Jess Franco, executive producer, Karen Wong, and Kevin Collins, writer, Jess Franco, but as uh, David Kuhn, which it doesn't say in the book here, but I just watched it, so that's what I saw. Uh, music, Jess Franco and Daniel White. Digital sound, Guillermo Morales. Direct sound, William von Bergen. Um, yeah, that's the the sound in this is not the best, but I'll 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 get with you. I'll get that on the um, review portion. Um, let's see. Still photographers. First assistant director, Leo Romeas Rosa Ambarel. Uh, production manager, Esquios Caldanas. Art, uh, see, uh, camera assistant Alfredo Gutierrez. It's funny on these later films, he has such a bigger cast, but they're weaker films. That's interesting. Um, camera assistant Alfredo Gutierrez. Uh, electricians. He's got casting. He's got makeup. He's got special effects. I don't know about the hell why that is. Uh, technical supplies and lab. Okay. Cast. Uh, Paul Lap- Lapidus is really good as Don Martin. Lina Romay as Tona Martin, Don's wife. Uh, Mavi Tinda as Beatrice Martin, Don's daughter. Christy Levin as Gina, the daughter of a family friend. Uh, Ezekiel Caldas as Ezekiel Cohen, Herbie, the Martin's servant. Uh, Guillermo Agarante Mario, a.k.a. Peter Cosmos, a marine biologist. And finally, Carlos Braun as the boatman. Um, okay, production notes. Broken Dolls was made back-to-back with Red Silk with the same cast and crew and was shot in just a week. It was based on a story idea by Jean-Claude Carrier, which had also provided the basis for 1982's The House of Lost Women. Although in both cases, Carrier went uncredited. Once again, the production was shot on video rather than film. I asked crew member and co-star Ezekiel Caldas what he and his friends in the production felt about the medium Franco had chosen to use. Okay, once again, before I say what he says, um, all text taken from the book Flowers of Perversion, The Larry Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2 by Stephen Thrower. Alright, so uh, when asked about what they thought about him to shoot on video, his crew said, for us, it was maybe a bit disappointing. We talked about it a couple times. I must say that Emilio and I were always trying to understand the old man because we saw him as a complex rebel in a world of cinema. We spent many, many hours with him in his apartment or in the cafeteria of the hotel in Torremolinos. 
and the stories he would tell us from his entire life dedicated to cinema were many. We have to understand that he was always he was already shooting before we had even been born. He lived through all the changes in the industry he had experienced, and when digital video came, he used it in a natural way. Very glad that it was cheaper and that the quality was very good. Different, but very good. So he didn't feel disappointed at all. He was glad. He told us when we asked him about it. You'll see, in a few years, everybody was shooting digital video. Skarskowski agreed. He was the first one to get it, before everyone else. And he said it with a very clear mind, telling us, this is much better than film because you don't have to wait. You could see what you were recording. The image is bright. He had a very modern view. But for me, I didn't want it to shoot in video. I didn't like it. It was too bright. For me, it wasn't film. I love the look of film. So for us, the crew, it was, oh no, we're going to shoot in video. We don't like that. Because we had in our minds a kind of nostalgia for film. For me, I tried to make it less bright and to add more noise, but for him, it was perfect, or it didn't matter. I think for Jess, it was like, this is a new thing. We have to work with it because it's cheaper and easier, and it's a feature. You're here. That's really good. As a digital filmmaker myself, I, I, I agree with that. Even though I could see both sides, I don't like the way it looked. It's early digital film, but Jess was right. That was the future, and everybody's shooting on digital. All right, review by Stephen Thrower. Uh, the Melancholy Meditation on Wasted Lives is a reworking of the House of Lost Women, also known as La Casa de Demorajes Perdietas, which Franco originally made in 1982 based on an unfilmed story idea from the 1960s by Franco and esteemed French screenwriter Jean-Claude Carrier. In the context of the surrounding one-shot production, it's a significant change of pace. Franco jettisons the flip comedy of Mari Cookie and the Killer Tarantula and Dr. Wong's Virtual Hell, downplays the porno exhibitionism of Red Silk and Lust for Frankenstein, and concentrates on character and mood. On the soundtrack, we hear the swirling of waves on the beach, wind in the trees, birds tweeting, and, oddly but effectively, the sound of men working on a distant engineering site which is contextualized by repeated shots of enormous oil tankers cruising past on the sea. In terms of the tone toward which Franco is reaching, we are in the mournful realm of earlier films like Bahia Blanca and Huego Sucio e Casablanca. The emphasis of the story is on disappointment, sorrow, resentment, impotence, and lies. Sexual interludes occur, but they communicate more than just the famous... I'm sorry... Sexual interludes occur, but they communicate more than just the favorite erotic scenarios of the director. A spanking scene, for instance, in which Tona punishes her daughter Beatrice, is not filmed lavishly. Instead, it's an illustration of the way parents use shame to break the will of a child. It's not punishment that matters, it's the rewiring of the child's thought processes. The spanking only stops when the girl agrees with the mother that she is bad. Meanwhile, Gina's sexuality comes from boredom like the parallel characters of Desdemonia in La Casa de Mora, like in House of Lost Women. And the father's only sexual habit is spying through binoculars, which seems as much to do with his fantasy view of himself as some kind of sea captain as it does with Scaphophilia. It's ironic oops, yeah, it's ironic that while Franco frequently described women as superior, regarding men as essentially fools or brutes, when it came to creating three-dimensional characters, he fared best with males. His 
portraits of failed, weak, or deluded men are far more psychologically vivid than his portraits of women, where a degree of flatness and detachment is evident. That's not to say that Don Martin in Broken Dolls is a deeply layered character of Shakespearean dimensions. It's just that when you decide that men are that men amount to nothing but failures and foolishness, with women the triumphal repositories of your sexual preference, there's a tendency to skimp the psychological of the latter while gifting complexity to the former. Franco may have wanted to do away with men in his work, and he almost succeeded in the years between Broken Dolls and Paula Paula, but that very urge may have resulted in a kickback when it came to writing these despised individuals. So my father was a very small actor, a poor man, a clown, says Beatrice, when Herbie, the family servant, shows her the mostly pathetic contents of her father's treasure chest. There's nothing wrong with that. It's very nice to be a clown, says Herbie, played by Red Silk's Ezekiel Caldez. While the servant may be offering these words to comfort Beatrice, one suspects that Franco invests something more in them. After all, he played quite a few clowns and buffoons himself in his cameo appearances over the years. Excuse me for a moment. Interestingly, Broken Dolls soft pedals the incestuous sexual overtones of House of Psychotic Women. I'm sorry, House of Lost Women. The mother may spank her daughters on her exposed buck bottom, but she doesn't sexually molest her. The father shows no sexual interest in his daughters, except for the aforementioned scene where he spies on her walking nude along the beach. Even then, he doesn't appear to be aroused. And there's no sibling lust, as there was in the earlier film. It would be interesting to know if this stems from a more faithful adherence of Jean-Claude Carrier's original story ideas, or if it was intended by Franco to give one-shot production a less controversial subject for marketing in the United States. For me, the chief downside of Broken Dolls, apart from the ever-present problem of video, is the overall lack of perversity. By removing the incestuous aspect, Franco deprives the film of that unhealthy vibe which made House of Lost Women so compellingly sick and twisted. And while it's a relief to find him concentrating on character, the lack of actual incident in the film is a bar to wider appreciation. When Martin murders Mario and Gina, we should be horrified. Instead, I suspect we're all quietly relieved that someone has actually done something in a film that sees most of the characters simply wandering around feeling sorry for themselves. Broken Doll spends a great deal of time building up a palpable sense of place. The island, which has palm trees and a shingle beach, looks run down and shabby. Abandoned beach dwellings and half-finished construction rot at the shoreline, as though this once pleasant region has been deserted by its occupants, leaving only the dysfunctional Martin clan clinging on the vain hope of riches. The ambiance is one of a holiday hideaway gone to seed, with the hulking shapes of oil tankers turning even the majesty of the sea into something ugly and oppressive. Wow, outside you heard that. A reoccurring shot of a doll washed up on the shoreline suggests the dreams of a childhood smashed upon the shores of adulthood. We frequently see characters alone against the stone shingles of the beach. Tona, shouting her impotent rage at the heedless industrial behemoths crossing the horizon, Beatrix roaming the shoreline nude, an androgynous beauty with no love to appreciate her. Before the film ends, she will discover that even the tenuous seeds sense of family is falling apart. When Tona casually admits that she is not the girl's mother, Gina spends an age 
primping and fondling herself in the hope of arousing Herbie, who impervishly plays his guitar before finally telling her, I will never get horny with a girl of your kind. Loneliness of all is the father, Don Martin. He has lost the delusion of grandeur, prisoner of a fake past, which precludes any kind of connection to another human being. Like someone with Alzheimer's disease, he's trapped in a loop of obsessional memory, and because he can show no interest in others, he is totally alone. His wife, however, gets the worst deal. With her speech at the end, sums up the quiet horror of the film. Lives without love, lost souls who fall short of their goals, and settle for the consolations of mediocrity. Here's her speech. He was a madman, an egoist, stupid and exhibitionist, a complete fake as a human being. But he wasn't a bad guy. I never loved him, but he was my man anyways, the only one I ever had, the only one who told me poetical words or sang stupid romantic songs to me. Now I know I will never leave this hateful island. I'm anchored here, like Herbie, like Beatrice, like the dolls lost between the rocks, locked in our silence, waiting for nothing in the middle of nowhere. All things considered, Broken Dolls is among the two or three best Franco films of the video era. Yeah, I, I, I agree. While it is, of course, shot on videotape, giving it the appearance, or sometimes it has to be said, the emotional tenor of a daytime Brazilian soap opera, its haunting, emotionally adult work, and artistic success against extremely difficult odds. All right, cast and crew. Uh, Mavi Tienda is the strongest female cast member, giving an earnestly somber performance as the troubled daughter. She was a friend of Pedro Timboris having starred in his short film Psycholets and made her debut for Franco and Mari Cookie and went on to appear in Helter Shelter and Blind Target plus Timboris Elios Roboron La Pinche de Hitler 2006 before apparently withdrawing from the acting profession. Ezekiel Caldas once again stands out as a family servant whose simplicity of spirit is not, is not quite as crippling as his boss assumes. When we discussed the film, Caldas agreed to me that it was special and made this interesting observation. Broken Dolls is my favorite film of that period. One of the things that impressed me was a lot was the way that Jess changed from one day to the another. As soon as we started to film Broken Dolls, he became more serious. The entire ambience on the set changed. Suddenly Jess didn't make many jokes and the empty spaces were kind of tense. I noticed that Jess did this on purpose to transmit the ambience to us all and from there to fit to the film. I felt more relaxed, though, in this film, since I felt that Jess was building confidence in me after Red Silk, I knew that Jess was very pleased with the film and once said that it was one of his favorites ever. Music. Opening with Daniel White's monologue Por Clarion Funibar from Monologue Poor, 1973, the film also takes in two more tracks from that album, Monologue Por Gerter Brasilian and Monologue Por Gutiar Classic plus Puli Sur Bergen from White's Mysterious Blues LP. Locations Malaga. Connections. As noted already, this is a remount of the 1962 film House of Lost Women. In addition, the island setting with its trapped, doomed, or fatalistic character recalls Bahia Blanca. Yeah, which I, I totally saw that in 1984. Uh, other versions. Two versions exist, one Spanish, the other American. The editing difference in only in relation to the scene in which Beatrice watches her father and Gina having sex. The American version shortens the scene by six minutes. Yeah, I watched the Spanish one. It's That's one thing I'll talk about in the my review. It's 
it slowed down way too much. That's something I didn't like. So, um, all right. So that's the written text on uh, this portion of uh, Broken Dolls, film one sixty nine by Jess Franco. So, all right. Uh, hang out past the break, and I will return with my review portion of Broken Dolls. Buenas noches, ma. Buenas noches. Hi, this is filmmaker Jason Rudy with Desperate Visions Productions, and I'm here today to talk to you about my Blu-ray releases. All new this year, 2023, from Desperate Visions Productions. This has been a busy year for me, as I have put out Lady Hyde on streaming services, Emmanuel in Sin City on streaming channels, and my film from 2013, Mondo Sacramento 2, which is on streaming channels. Lady Hyde is on Tubi and Amazon Prime. Emmanuel in Sin City is on the Reveal Network and a few other streaming channels, and Mondo Sacramento 2 is on Tubi and Momitu. So please check those three titles out and tell others about them. On the Blu-ray front, I am here today to talk to you about the six new releases from Desperate Visions Productions. We have the short films of Jason Rudy Volume 1, titled Dirty Deeds and Desperate Visions. It has four short films, totaling 117 minutes long, is unrated, and has the special feature of the Creative Process Volume 1 interview by Cameron Cloutier of yours truly, Jason Rudy, talking about my filmography and stories behind the films. On Dirty Deeds and Desperate Visions Volume 1, we have the films Room 412 from 2007, The Last Road to Hell from 2008, Chump Change from 2010, and The Dirty ABC Rhyme from 2016. On the short films of Jason Rudy Volume 2, we have titled Demon Dames and Desperate Visions. We have the films Lady M from 2010, The Hunt for Super Fox from 2014, Simone La Femme de Monde from 2015, and Report 2057 from 2016. That runs approximately 116 minutes, is unrated, and has the special feature of the Creative Process Interview Part 2, which is a continuation um, of the past films and all that good stuff. Also, we have a late night nudie cutie cinema double feature featuring two films, two nudie cutie films from yours truly, uh, titled The Desires of Dawn and Jason Rudy's Mondo Visions. The Desires of Dawn is from 2014 and runs 66 minutes unrated and Mondo Visions is from 2016 and runs 65 minutes, and that is unrated. Total running time on that is 131 minutes. It's 1080p, high-definition widescreen, and all discs are AV AVC encoded and PCM stereo. 
and these two films each have audio commentary with writer-director Jason Rudy. I give uh, brand new audio commentaries recorded specifically for these Blu-rays. The Desires of Dawn was previously on VHS, uh, excuse me, on DVD. Monovisions had a short theatrical run, but this is the first time anywhere it's on home disc in the United States or worldwide. So yeah, brand new film, so check it out. And we also have, of course, Lady Hyde from 2022. Unrated runs 78 minutes, is 1920 by 1080p full HD resolution, AVC encoded, PCM stereo, and that has the special features of audio commentary with writer director Jason Rudy, theatrical trailer, and a lady hide behind the scenes photo gallery. And uh, yeah, it's a good release. All these are region free, by the way, so if you're listening to this anywhere in the world, they are available to play on your Blu ray player. There's no region A, B, or C. They're all encoded to be region-free. And finally, the last two discs we have are Emmanuel in Sin City, the uncensored version. A lot of uh, Tubi and Amazon Prime would not take it because of the sexual content, so this is totally uncensored, totally uncut, and was deemed too erotic and extreme for major streaming channels. But you will see it here on Blu-ray. And that has, of course, special featured audio commentary with myself, Jason Rudy, trailer reel, and uh, exclusive behind-the-scenes photos, and more. So that's from 2023, which is the newest film. And finally, uh, the sixth release, which we just put together, is Mondo Sacramento from 2011, I believe. No, sorry, 2012. And that's 63 minutes, unrated. Special features, audio commentary, recorded specifically for... Actually, no, it's the um, the audio commentary that we used for the DVD release of it years ago with uh, actress Boots Trader, who's in the Batgirl segment, and actress Sondal G, who is in the Ricky the Vampire of Sacramento segment. So we have... Uh, and then, of course, with myself as well. So we have writer, director, and... Uh, actor commentary on that and then we have uh, a never before seen behind the scenes footage um, that I found for the Batgirl stripper sequence that uh, was pretty cool nobody's ever seen that before so that's a special feature on that and a behind the scenes pictures of the filming and of the premiere of Mondo Sacramento back in 2012 and uh, yeah so that's available all six releases, which is 13 films total, are now released on Blu-ray, and they are sold by myself, the director and producer of the films. If you are interested in picking up any of the Blu-rays, they sell for $20 each, plus shipping and handling if you're ordering them online or anywhere outside of Sacramento. Uh, If you want to have information on that, you can always find me and inquire about purchasing the discs on the Franco Observer page on Instagram, the Franco Observer page on Facebook, or you could write me at desperatevisions at yahoo.com. That's desperatevisions at yahoo.com, which is the Desperate Visions Productions email address. 
Um, and if you want to purchase all six in one swoop, I will give you a discount. And uh, pretty much the discount you save will pay for the shipping and handling. So, yeah, please support fellow independent cinema. And this is a one-man operation, so I sincerely appreciate your support. So, yeah, once again, Emmanuel in Sin City, Lady Hyde, Mondo Sacramento, the late-night nudie cutie cinema double feature, and the short films of Jason Rudy Volume 1 and Volume 2, all available on Blu-ray, disc, region-free, with lots of special features. So pick them up today. DesperateVisions at Yahoo.com Thanks for your support and I'll see you at the movies. Alright, I am back for episode 153, film 169, Broken Dolls. Um, So yeah, I had not watched a Franco film in about a month, and um, I'm glad that this was one that I returned to. Um, I think this is probably one of his best films from this video era, and um, a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff in here, a lot of good, and there's some decent stuff too. Um, I think from the video era, I'd say this and um, Tender Flesh were good. So for, those are two of the ones that I liked. The rest I'm didn't really care for. I know some people like Mari Cookie, some people like Lust for Frankenstein, um, some people like Vampire Blues, but uh, I don't know. I, this didn't really do it for me, but I'd say Broken Dolls and Tender Flesh were two, two of the better ones. So, um, yeah, I'm glad this was um, something that I came back to watch and uh, didn't have to suffer too much on this. Um, so, yeah, this is Broken Dolls. It's a remake of the House of Lost Women with touches of Bahia Blanca in it. Um, it opens with the trumpet over a body of water, um, slow zoom on a doll floating in the water. Um, the first minute already, or like about the first six, six or seven minutes already has uh, acoustic guitar player, palm trees, ships, boats, water, and a lot of zooming in and zooming out. So I was laughing. It was like, okay, Frank automatically knocks out a bunch of the checklist the first few minutes like pretty quick um one there's give the negative and positive negatives i thought there's bad overdubbing especially in the beginning like the first half the dubbing gets better but the first half it just sounds so distant with the dubbing it's like they recorded in like a um a hollow room and it just doesn't fit the outdoor settings it sounds really forced and it really is a disservice um first nudity occurs in 15 minutes by the uh, shaved head daughter um you see her nude quite a bit actually everybody let's see she gets nude the blonde haired girl lady gets nude nina uh lena doesn't um and like one or two guys do um there's a uh the scene where uh the father is having sex with the woman then he says he pulled from the whorehouse that's um the character of chris of uh, gina let's see if it was don martin 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 yeah gina daughter of a family friend where they have sex and the daughter ma- watches and masturbates to it uh it's a really slow motion masturbation shot and i read that um 
the first half you heard that it's a uh, the American version is a lot shorter but in the Spanish version they basically take the scenes of her masturbating watching it and just do like a times or like a yeah like a four speed really just take it and slow it down by four it's just totally drawn out it's a couple minutes longer um but was uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, the lead in this, the guy that plays Don Martin, reminded me of uh, Captain Louis Albano, um, the the character of Don Martin. Uh, so you wrestling fans out there, he definitely reminded me of Captain Lou Albano with a little touch of Ron Jeremy. Um, but yeah, he's kind of had that Captain Lou vibe, which was a plus for me. Um, unfortunately, in this era, Franco uses a lot of slow motion, a little bit too much and a little too long. I don't know if he's doing it to fill the pad the running time or what, but um, yeah, just, uh, some of that was just too drawn out for me. I think if he would have, but other than that, some of the editing wasn't bad. I liked some of his cuts, um, some of his zooming in and out and panning to the sky to cut between scenes didn't really look as efficient. I almost felt like there were times when he um, showed his his skill changing and maybe or. Uh, uh, not not being as strong as he once was, you know, it was kind of sad to see. But there were the parts where where he was on it, so I don't know. It's hard to see. Um, like I said, too much slow mo. Um, but he definitely knocks out a lot of the stuff that we like in this. And I will say that this is one of the better video era Franco films. Um, like I mentioned before, this and uh, I think uh, Tender Flesh were two, were two of the best, better ones that I've enjoyed so far. And the rest, I'm not a big big fan of. So. Um, one thing I will say though, since, uh, coming back from my break, um, I think I'm gonna make these episodes a little bit shorter. So, um, I know back in the day we did like hour, two hour episodes sometimes and the ones with guests might be longer, but these solo ones, I think since the video era, I'm going to knock these out probably be about a half hour. So plus commercials. So just give you a heads up on that. This one I'm feeling is going to be pretty short as I'm looking at my notes and seeing that I've pretty much already went through what I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, um, this film was decent. Um, shot all in one look, shot all on the island. Um, good performances all around. I liked the, the Don Martin character. Lena was good. Um, guy that played his daughter was good. Uh, the blonde-haired f- family friend was good. A couple of the guys they had in, the guy that came in that was her lover, um, that came on the island. He was kind of poor. Um, the guy that played the uh, servant was was good. So yeah, I think all around it was a, a small cast. Um, probably three, four, five, like seven or eight people, and they were all they were good except for maybe one guy. Um, and it was a more of a somber film, which I like. It a lot of the comedy wasn't there because the comedy in his later films really isn't funny. So I, I enjoyed the somber kind of uh, Franco mood. It's, it's one of the styles of his earlier films that I like. So it, it was good to have that context again to see how that was going. So um, as you could tell by the sound of my voice, I caught a little cold or something when I was in Vegas. It might have been from the air conditioning system. So I'm also not going to talk a lot because it's a little bit straining on the vocals. So that's why uh, this will be a little bit shorter as well. Although I do have the really good deep voice this week, uh, yeah. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and knock out this Franco list and uh, see what was on the list this week. Franco list, Frank, Frank, Franco list. 
All right, Franco list. Uh, number one, body of water. Yes. Number two, sailboats. Uh, there's no sailboats in this one. To me, sailboats always represent dreams. And uh, it's sad on this island. Everybody's dreams kind of disappear. So it's interesting why there's no sailboats. Number three, boats in general. Yeah, there's freighters and other boats in this. So, yeah. Uh, four, palm trees. Yes, plenty of palm trees. Number five, jungle sound effects. Well, there's sound effects, but not jungle. There's seagulls. There's... Um, men working on oil derricks sounds there's um other sounds but not tri- jungle sound effects so yeah there are sound effects dubbed over and number six chained up person no uh, number seven dance scenes on stage stripping no uh eight club scenes dancing in a bar no no bars no club scenes nothing like that number nine jazz music yeah a little bit there's um, a trumpet done in a jazz style but not a lot of traditional jazz music so I'll, I'll say a slight check uh, number 10 excessive zooms yeah he zooms in and out a lot on this a lot of panning and zooming in and out um, there's a lot of the digital zooms so yeah definitely excessive zooms 11 out of focus shots uh, just one or two but nothing too major um, and one is done to kind of um, fade out to a scene so I'll, I'll give him that number 12 mirror shots yeah there's a really gross mirror shot I was laughing um uh, maybe spoiler alert here. Scene where the uh, girl's boyfriend is on top of her having sex before he's killed. Um, Frank has a mirror shot of mirror where you see him, his underwear pulled down. You see like you know the typical porn shot where you see the guy from the rear with his balls, and it's really a gross shot. Well, Franco has that shot. I mean, he uses it for the mirror shot. So I was like, ugh. So yeah, that was the mirror shot in this. Uh, let's see, number 13, mind control themes, no. Uh, 14, magic tongue scenes, I'll say no, because Lena doesn't really do any kissing in this. Uh, 15, red light, no, no red lights. 16, sheepskin rug, no. Uh, masturbation with a C item, a yes. Now here's the big part of the episode. So, there's a scene where the shaved hair, shaved head daughter, uh, who is, let's see, uh, Mavi Tienda plays Beatrix Martin. There's a scene where she's watching her father and the family friend have sex on the couch and she masturbates with her hand. It's in slow motion. And then she reaches over to grab a couch pillow or a couch cushion. And that's a C item is a couch pillow. So yeah, she rubs her clitoris with a couch pillow. So there's the C item. Um, so yeah, I was happy to see that. I was like, all right, cool. Back on the list again. Uh, let's see. That's 16. 17, mad scientist and servant. No. Fish tank shots. No. 19, talking parrots. No. In credits, yes or no. Yes. On these video ones, he does have, um, in credits, so that's good. Uh, 21, handwritten notes. Yeah, there's a painted signs. Let's see, uh, like, it was like paradise or... There's a couple of in the beginning you see that they painted on some wooden boards to, to show the area, so it was funny. Um, so those are the handwritten deals. 22, spiral staircase shot, no. 23, inept cops, no. 24, belly chain, yeah. What well, kind of, um, the daughter Beatrix, the one with the shaved head, has this like kind of a, kind of a string deal around her waist, um, so that's her belly chain. She's usually nude, just wearing this one piece of jewelry around her waist, so I'll count that as that. Um, number 25, kinks. Well, you have voyeurism in this. You have uh, spanking, S&M. You have um, um, 
I guess, incestual stuff because the daughter watches her father have sex and she's like masturbating to it. So there's that deal. Um, that's mostly that on that. Uh, 26 great headboards. I'll say no. Uh, 27 fear or desire. I'm going to say desire because the we not much fear in this. It's it's all the desire. Uh, 28 acoustic guitar player. Yes. 29 reading a book scene. Um, yeah, actually, duh. Yeah, the father reads Hamlet. So um, Don Martin reads Hamlet, reads a scene from Hamlet. So yeah, definitely. I didn't write that in my notes, but yeah, definitely reading a book scene is that. And finally, number 30, pee scene. Does anybody talk about going pee? Does anybody pee? Anything like that? I'm going to say no. There's no pissing in this film, thank God. So he kinds of, he kind of tones it down as you had heard in the first half of the film that, uh, you know, that was the deal. So it's a lot good. Um, all righty. Well, that wraps up this portion of the Franco Observer podcast. Um, I will have guests uh, for the next two episodes. I know uh, I'll give you a little sneak peek here because it's a short episode. I know for Blind Target, um, I'm going to have uh, Ryan Wynn come on. Uh, i got to confirm, but I'm going to say yes because we had talked about it a while back. He's going to come on with me for uh, episode 154, film 170, Blind Target. Uh, Ryan Wynn will be the guest reviewer. And then for episode 155, film 171, Helter Skelter, uh, returning the most frequent guest host, uh, Collie from Los Angeles, will come back. And then uh going to do the episode on Helter Skelter. And then after that, we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six episodes after that. So I'm not sure if we're going to have more reviewers on that or we're going to knock those out or what. So. So yeah, it's getting pretty close to the end here. After this, we got eight episodes remain, so uh, which will be about a three-year run of this podcast. So that's pretty good. I think uh, that's been a good run. You know, um, we went through all the Franco films that I had. Of course, there's a few I'm missing on the video era, but I don't know. I don't think I'm going to hit all those because, like I said, these are kind of a chore to get through. So I think on these, I'm I'm allowed to be. Uh, hardened on those because I did hit all the Franco films before that even stuff that's really hard to get I've, I've reviewed um, and in the month I've been away uh, the numbers have been less of course which is fine because I haven't put out new content but I still see we're doing a couple hundred um, hits a month so thank you for going back and checking out ones you might not have listened to before or uh, different films that you wanted to check out so thank you for going back on that um, please feel free to purchase any of my films, um, Lady Hyde, Emmanuel in Sin City, the short films of Jason Rudy, Volume 1, Volume 2, The Nudie Cutie Double Feature, Suki Bond Octopus Pot, or Mondo Sacramento. Uh, we got seven Blu-ray releases, and I'm always pushing those. Um, sales started off good, but they've slowed down, so, um, if you want to help out a truly independent filmmaker, podcaster, painter, and uh, artist I would sincerely appreciate your help um, and let me know what uh, films you want you can always reach me at uh, jasonrudy at yahoo.com or at uh, the franco observer at yahoo.com um, and I'll get those to you we have a uh, can either ship them to you from the home base or um, if you're international we can ship them to you from the storefront and they ship all over the world. So either way, you're all covered. Because I know we got a lot of international listeners on this. So, yeah, we got seven Blu-rays. 
And I still got about two more I want to put out, but I want to see how these seven sell first before I just put everything out because it's quite a bit of work. And to put it out and only have about 20 or 30 sales, I don't know. It's kind of disheartening sometimes. So, so yeah, help me out, man. Buy one of my films or two or all seven. I'd appreciate it. So, uh, what else we got here? Let's see. Kind of went through my, have my notes with me for a while because I haven't done these in a while. So, um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, so yeah, we got the Blu-rays. Oh yeah, also we got um, Lady Hyde and uh, Mondo Sacramento 2 on Tubi. I can see that people have been watching those, so thank you. Uh, continue to watch Mondo Sacramento 2 or Lady Hyde on Tubi. I do get paid from those, and I uh, just got a payout from um, Lady Hyde and from Mondo Sacramento 2 from May uh, as of this recording. This is uh, what, September. So, um, yeah, and actually, for the first time, Mono Sacramento 2 has made more money last uh, on a month than Lady Hyde. So now, I think everybody's watched Lady Hyde. Now people's trying to watch Mondo 2, Mondo Sacramento 2. And so thank you for that. Uh, we have a donation on the Red Circle homepage. You always feel free to donate um, whatever amount, one time or reoccurring. Always thankful for that. Uh, if you want to leave or rate... A review, leave a review or rate the podcast you can it's always a good uh, tell a friend if you like the podcast if you want to support Desperate Visions Productions uh, tell people about the company the films um, the podcast any of that stuff I'm always looking for new listeners and new viewers of the films if you ever want to get a hold of me you can at francoobserver at yahoo.com uh, we also have Facebook and Instagram pages on the Franco Observer podcast. And once again, we got Mondo Sacramento, the short films of Jason Rudy, Volume 1 and Volume 2, the new Cutie double feature, uh, Lady Hyde, Emmanuel in Sin City, Sukimon Octopus Pot on Blu ray. And we're on post production right now of Shino's Ferratu, which, is, if all works out, will be out by the end of the year, and Amityville Aliens portion of um, the Amityville or Killer. So, yeah, got a lot of stuff to do, So and uh, just celebrated my 200 days clean and sober, so as of this recording today, so yay, yay, Jason. Um, and I will say, uh, speaking right now from a personal point of view, um, being clean and sober is the best thing I did. Um, I put out these seven Blu-rays in the span of time that I've been clean and sober over these 200 days, and that shows you that that was stuff that I had done a long time ago but I just didn't have the will or the drive to do it and now I've got seven films out on Blu-ray in 200 days actually less because I haven't put out another one in uh, probably at least 30 days so maybe 150 days I put out seven films so shows you what you can do when you get your shit together and uh, get, get the ball rolling so if anybody needs help if you're struggling with things or if you think you're stuck in a situation please feel free to send me an email and, and I'm always down to talk to you either on Zoom or on the phone or emails um, if you need help, if you want some advice or you uh, have a problem, you need help, I'm always down to help because um, so far I'm doing good and if I can help you in any way, I'd appreciate that. So, so we're all here for, like De Niro said in Brazil, we're all in it together, kid. So, All right, well, I'll listen to you and you listen to me. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Franco Observer po- Podcast. Buenas noches, maha. Buenas noches. Rah. Rah.